This is IGN. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. This is IGN. A roguelike beat-em-up with a short wingspan. This is your IGN review of Double Dragon Guide N, Rise of the Dragons, by Jarrett Green. Double Dragon Guide N, Rise of the Dragons, teaches an important lesson. When a strange man walks into your office carrying one of your friends, tells you he's the new mayor, and that he needs your help to bring peace back to your fallen city, don't believe him. It also teaches that melding roguelike elements in tag-team combat, a la Marvel vs. Capcom, can make for a great foundation for an otherwise old-school side-scrolling beat-em-up. Of course, without being particularly remarkable in any other way, and occasionally just straight-up bad, there may not be much more to learn that other recent games couldn't also teach you more effectively. Compared to the likes of Streets of Rage 4 and River City Girls 2, DDG's combat is very simple in execution. You won't have to be familiar with platform fighters like Super Smash Bros. to find the single-button combos and direction-plus-button special moves that games like it made popular to be very comfortable. Canceling normal attacks into big special moves feels great, and I like the extremely generous windows you're given to juggle enemies. This is fine on its own, but the true depth lies in the tag system, which allows you to pick a pair of characters to clobber the streets with instead of just one. The variety of fighters available to unlock and choose from is remarkable, less because there are 14 of them and more because they are all meaningfully distinct from one another. Boss characters can be unlocked for your use and retain all of their unique actions that they used against you. Only a handful of characters can wield dropped enemy weapons. Some can alley-oop enemies into their own air attacks. Some can pick up objects in a room and bash heads with them. If there's any mechanical exploration to be done in DDG, it's in how you can combine these characters into tag teams that complement one another. The most effective pairs cover for one another's weaknesses and give you the most options of attack for any scenario you might come across. Another fun twist is mission structure. At the start, you can choose one of four missions, color-coded and themed after each zone's signature gang boss. Borrowing from Mega Man's classic playbook, you can attack these in any order, and when you beat one, the remaining missions get longer, and the enemies get stronger, as each gang further fortifies itself against the inevitability of their coming butt-kicking. At first, this appears to be an opportunity for tactical decisions to be made, about what kind of threats you'd rather face first and last. However, well past a dozen runs and over ten hours in, I can't say there's much to think about outside of which boss is the most annoying when she reaches full strength. It's Okada, by the way. Visually, the four locations feature some creative backdrops, but those are often standouts in otherwise less impressive maps. It's fun to fight on a casino floor between rows of slot machines, but moving on to lifeless back offices right afterwards is disappointing. Sometimes a level goes for gimmicks that would have been better left in the realm of theory than practice, like a full stage in the Pyramid Gang's mission that is covered in darkness, save for a little spotlight following you around. I understood the vibe it was chasing, but I don't know that it was worth the hard time I had keeping track of the enemies who were chasing me. Aside from how they look, levels are littered with obstacles that hinder your progress. These are mostly trivial, like some spiked floors that are easily hopped over, but almost any extended stretch of platforming feels awful. 
Besides the fact that jumping between the background and foreground is always awkward, enemies can spawn in places you've already passed, meaning you'll have to work backwards through the bad sections and it just extends the painful experience. Enemies swarm pretty relentlessly on the regular difficulty, and both their strength and numbers grow even more as you press on through the missions. You can adjust settings, like yours or your enemy's starting health, or how aggressive baddies are before starting a run, but it can be tough to gauge how much good any of it will do you down the line, and you can't change it on the fly. And while their quantity ramps up regularly, enemy variety doesn't expand much. Each mission may have a signature unique kind of mob, but all of the enemies start showing up everywhere as you progress through your run, so you'll be sampling the entire short menu of bad guys by the later stages. Playing in co-op with a friend can mitigate this some, but with no online co-op to speak of, finding a real person to sit on the couch and game could be its own sort of difficulty barrier. It is very easy to have a good time playing a few runs of Double Dragon Gaiden Rise of the Dragon's roguelike gauntlet of four levels and bosses. Jumping in and learning its satisfyingly punchy combat and its long list of fun and unique playable characters that you can tag in for combos turns a somewhat shallow pond of an early game experience into an impressive lake of collaborative combat options. But things got a little too repetitive and frustrating before I even got my first clear, thanks to the shallow enemy pool, few game-changing upgrades, a brutal difficulty spike if you choose to save the wrong boss for last, and lack of worthwhile unlockables to chase outside of new fighters. Double Dragon Guide in Rise of the Dragon's IGN score? 7. Thanks for listening. My name is Tony Jackson, and for the latest on Double Dragon Guide in Rise of the Dragons, visit us at IGN.com. Spoken Layer Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.